Oh, criminals in his time used to believe in things. Honor. Respect. Look at you. What do you believe in, huh? What do you believe in? I believe whatever doesn't kill you simply makes you... Stranger. Noticed, nobody panics when things go according to plan. Even if the plan is horrifying. I'm not a schemer. I try to show the schemers how pathetic their attempts to control things really are. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. Introduce anarchy. If you want order in Gotham, Batman must take off his mask and turn himself. Set the established order, and everything becomes chaos. Why do you want to kill me? I don't want to kill you. What would I do without you? No. You complete me. Some men aren't looking for anything logical, like money. They can't be bought, bullied, reasoned, or negotiated. Look at you go! Some men just want to watch the world burn. I'm an agent of chaos. I'm not about chaos. It's fear.
I am indeed, my friend. Love the intro from obviously Phil from Real. Big shout out to Phil. Um, great guy. Um, and yourself there, was that you in there? I could hear doing a little bit of rat and stuff. So, yeah, liking your style. <laughs> so, my weekend's great. I'm actually, uh, I'll give myself a weekend off. So, I'm actually up near Oxford visiting my stepson and my grandchildren. But um, honestly, I want them blood tested. They're like crackheads. So I've had to come out. I've had to come out for some peace and sit in my car. So to any of your listeners and followers and watchers, my sincere apologies. The lighting ain't great. I'm actually sat in my car, but it was either this or you will see a whole other side of, of Wolfie. So <laughs> I thought it was best for all and your ears that I come and get a bit of yeah, a bit of a bit of silence. But my weekend's great. I hope you're doing well. I hope the family are great. Huh? <laughs> yeah, you know, honestly, I want them blood tested and I want them checked. I want them drug tested. <laughs> They've been brilliant all day. And then it got to about 10 minutes, quarter of an hour before I was going to, you know, jump on. All of a sudden, yeah, I don't know what happened. Maybe a bit too much sugar from uh, Granddad spoiling them with the chocolate and the sweets. But yeah. <laughs> Listen, I'll tell you, I'm teaching you patience, it stood you in good stead, James. Look at you today doing what you're doing, my friend, see? Six years old, knowing you'll probably never have <laughs> Frugal. Frugal, they call that. Frugal. Nothing wrong with that, my friend. Yeah. Yeah. I've, um, I must admit, I'm blessed with mine. We had it, um, they're two and four, uh, boy and girl, boy's the eldest, so per perfect, perfect. Um, I love them like you wouldn't believe, they're absolute light of my life, they're absolute joy. Um, they can be little... 
at times, but uh, it's in keeping, you know, it's just of an age. But my stepson said to me a few times, you know, that I, you know, it's it's tough sometimes. You know, we've all been there as parents, you know, especially when you're first-time parents. But as, as grandparents, it's a lot easier because you get all the best of it and don't have to worry about, the, you know, the tougher side, which he deals with brilliantly. Absolutely brilliant father. But um, he'll, he'll tell the little man again and again. But we had it about 18 months ago. So he was he was two, two and a half. So he was of an age where he understood what you were saying and stuff. But he, he was playing up. And uh, I just took his blankie off him, his blanket. It's like a comfort blanket. He's had it since he was born. He won't go anywhere without it. He's still got it now. Um, and I took it off him. And he cried and he stamped his feet and he, uh, tears. And, but to this day, and I, all I did, I took the blanket off him and I went like this. And to this day, it's all I have to do. No matter where we are or who we're around and stuff, you know, and I'm not, I don't do it a lot. You know, he's got to be pushing the boundaries a little bit. But when he does, all I do is this. You know, the same thing I did. And he don't, he's never forgotten. And, and even with a little lady now, she like copies everything he does. <laughs> So as soon as he starts playing up, if he, that's enough. I don't need to take her blanket. You know, little man, he learned that lesson. And he's good as gold. He's, he's an absolute joy. I can't wait until he's out, out of nappies. He's a bit of a slow learner in that respect. We'll get him out. Now I'm going to get him on the golf course and everything. Me and him are going to have such a brilliant time. I look forward to it. But uh, he's an absolute godsend. And I wouldn't, wouldn't be without him for anything. So. Yeah. Yeah. All they need. Yeah, yeah, they're all, I've never took the video down, they're, they're all there, I know I had a break on Twitter for those who, you know, got a clue who I am, um, but the YouTube is always left up. It's, a, it's actually, you know, part of it is lots to it, but part of it is, you know, in time, our great-grandkids can look back on that, and they can see why we did what we did, why we believe what we believe, why we were saying what we were saying, and History will either show us as correct or it won't. Um, I know what I believe. I know what five to ten million believe. I know what you believe. But um, there's a lot of people not born yet, not alive yet, that will ultimately, I believe, benefit from what we're all doing um, or unfortunately pay a price because nothing ever changed. So, 
there's an awful lot going on. We've got a lot to get through. And I remember that YouTube. You was a great guest. You talked about things that just blew my mind. Um, we had a lot of theories, a lot of uh, what we thought, a lot of things that we looked at. But it, it was a, actually a, a really great interview. We touched on a number of subjects. I'm sure we'll do the same tonight. We've had um, it's been quite a bit going on. Now, for anybody listening, do not look at me or think of me, and I'm sure you won't by the end of this. <laughs> as a market expert, I'm not a financial advisor by any means. Uh, a lot of my stuff is done from observing a bigger picture. So I've tried to understand in the world for an awful long time how playbook works in different areas: mainstream banks, governments, etc. So. Within the UK recently, and if you can flag it up and put it in the, the chat, it wasn't what I wrote up, but it was something I stumbled on. Um, it was written in 2023, and it highlighted the equivalent of failed to delivers uh, from the US, but across Europe. And the person that did it did, in my opinion, a brilliant job. They looked at the equivalent of failed to delivers in Europe, and then they applied for freedom of information requests and lots of deep diving and, you know, must have put hours and hours into researching it all. And they put it all down so that even I could sit down and read through it. And there were some staggering numbers. Um, it wasn't just stocks and it wasn't individual stocks. It was a collective of everything. So nobody ever talks about um, the Luxembourg market, 576 trillion euros of failed to delivers or equivalent to fail to delivers in the US in that one market. And then it listed the info it found in Berlin market and the UK markets and across Europe. None of them looked good. The numbers were varied. Um, five, seven, six, 576 trillion euros catches your attention. I haven't yet been able to deep dive on all the aspects. But I did look into it, I did flag it up, and a lot of people read it and got behind it, and you know, I'm sure you have James and other people that are listening. Um, and it's just another, you know, is it concrete proof of specifics for individual stocks like AMC, GME, BBY, whatever, whatever? No, but it's um, 2022, that was the number generated in equivalent of fail to deliver. So you sort of look at that and you, you start to realise the magnitude of the situation and the issues. Um, and back in the UK, you know, across Europe, you, I didn't realise till I read that, um, because you like to believe that regulators, you know, the financial authorities, the, the suits and experts that they'll wheel out on, on all our mainstream media, be it in the UK, across Europe or America or globally, that these are people that are talking as experts, these are people that are paid a fortune, these are people who've got the finger on the pulse and they know everything that's going on and they're taking care of us and our pensions and our investments. And then it turns out that it isn't the case that any US stock that's sold in Europe has zero protection. In essence, none. Um, there's no all-seeing eye. There's nobody paying attention to what's going on. You know, if it's a US stock 
if it's in the US and it's being sold in Europe, it doesn't even have to have permission. Um, they can just go into the market. And then the interesting thing was they did a deep dive where we had the usual culprits always mentioned across uh, Twitter and everywhere else. Market makers, you know, uh, Citadel, Virtue and others, uh, Susquehanna, they're positioned in different countries in Europe. So, for instance, Citadel and Virtue are both in Ireland. Now, if they're in Europe, they can sell stock of US and have none of the worries or the concerns. So whilst we've, I've always understood that offshore accounts and moving things around was the norm, um, and it restricted to an extent what the SEC, the regulators in American markets, could get involved in or, or, or really get to the bottom of or understand. That's why they rely on whistleblowers, maybe. Um, but yeah, it was it's so widespread, um, and it's not even clever. It's just there's no protection for US stocks. So for me, it's a massive what the hell moment is going on. So Well, it's not protected in the sense of, from my understanding, read through it, etc., two or three times. It's about an hour and 10, hour and 20 minute read. Um, there's none of the protection of oversight. So if you're in the US and you're selling US stock, AMC, you know, you've got uh, fail to delivers gets flagged up. You know, you've got uh, settlement days, which we know Gensler's come out and recently said May it will be one. Day, but you've got two days for settlement. We know about these cycles. So there's certain protection for selling of US stock. But from my understanding, reading through all that, starting to dig a bit deeper into it, um, there's none of that. So it read to me that you can actual fact use your brokerage in Ireland to sell whatever number of stocks you want into the market, but there's no oversight at all. So it was the protection of conforming to rules, regulations. Well, according to the write-up, there is none. Um, if you want to sell US stock, it doesn't carry that same oversight. Nobody's paying attention. Nobody's having to look into or deep dive. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, even now, having read it two or three times, even I, you know, I'm not special, but I'm, I'm consistent in my message. I'm 100% about what they do. You know, people tell us all the time, markets crash is what they do. I've said for a long, long time, markets crash because of what they do. It's completely different. Um, the leverage they use, derivatives they use, different contracts they use, you know, way they work around certain rules. They, that's why markets crash. Ultimately, greed, stupidity, and they're all sheep. So 2008 taught me a lot. Um, it taught me they're all sheep. The sheep in the S in, in, in the respect of they, they will just follow. You know, they're not going to come out and whistleblow. They're not going to come out and say, look, there's a problem with this. That's why, you know, Ron Paul talked about there's a problem with the Fed. Damn right there's a problem with the Fed. This printing of money has got America and us globally to where we are today. And the Bank of England printing money has got us and America and the world where it is today. It's, it's, it's an endless printing cycle that they think, you know, don't worry about it. Don't worry. Well, 
the sheep don't worry about what's going on in the market. And they don't have five to ten million people in any of the companies that are looking at everything going on, or apes do. So whilst it's difficult to stay on top of everything being provided or who was first, etc., there's a collection of fantastic guys across the community and girls that have done all the DD, looking at everything. Every time they make a move, we're flagging it up, you know, the FTX scandal and we seem to be ahead of the curve on a lot, but the people that are within the markets, whether it's in the UK or the US globally, they follow the money. And if they're making money, no one cares until they stop. And the moment they stop, then we have to have an excuse for credit default swaps, mortgage-backed securities. Of course, that played a part in 2008, but no one really dug deep in the greed or short selling or naked short selling. And even when Richard Fowle talks in front of the hearing in October of 2008 and actually says that's what happened to Lehman, which is why he couldn't fight against it because his rating went down, they couldn't get access to good money, it was really high money, so they couldn't save Lehman. And he says it was because they were naked short. It says because they had hit pieces. It's a, so they don't care who they do it to. They'll do it to their own, Lehman. But it also do it to upstart companies creating cancer treatments um, and everything else in between. If they don't own it, they, they'll want it if it's going to have an impact. It's a market disruptive. It's going to impact on their bottom line because another company is doing the same thing but not as good. So big pharma. You know, you come out of a medical breakthrough and you haven't got, you know, I'm talking about Avengers, World Avengers type protection. They'll try and get hold of you one way or another. Um, so, yeah, it's just a multitude of things. But the U.S. stocks in Europe don't have protection. Nobody seems to be looking. Nobody seems to care. And until it all goes wrong, then there'll be some excuses wheeled out. And that's why I love the apes. Five to ten million people like yourself, James. I know you deep dive on an awful lot of things. And there's many others, bosses and biggums and you were Tobit back in the day. I haven't heard off uh, for a while. Great, great people that are really doing deep dives that we can turn around and say, no, 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 that's that's not the old story, is it now? You know, you're not lying to us again. And people are going to really feel the pain and the pinch and they're going to want proper answers. It's too near to 2008 for this to get swept under the rug because apes are here and we're not leaving. So. Yeah. Yeah. This is Yeah. There's um, a few great videos. The first would be, go on YouTube, anybody listening, put in 2008 financial crash. You're looking for a video that was on, pretty sure it was CNBC, but it was the mainstream media talking about the day before, um, in, uh, yeah, the day before, they were talking, the same people that are on there today saying everything's fine, um, they were saying Apple's up 6% the day before. 
and the next day it tanked. And like you just said, nobody warned us. I mean, we're, AIDS generally as a role, we're, we're flagging up things that are concerned for us, but we're not saying to people, it's concerned for us, so you must do this. What we're trying to do is say, look, everybody, everyone in their own way is just saying, we need to look. You know, if we listened to them back in 2006, 7, 8, yeah, it's a little concern, but it would be all right. And whatever pain any listeners are, are hearing, I, I lived it. You know, I did live it. So I see that it was us. I see that it was mums and dads. I see it was people that are fighting with their lives and struggling. I see people not survive. I see companies go belly up. And I see the banks get richer. And I see the excuses and the lies and the lip service we all had to suffer. But nobody warned us. And apes this time round, at least, uh, doing their best with the limited tools available to us to say to people, look, just look. You decide for yourself, your own circumstance, position, etc., what you do. But don't walk in blindsided like we all had to for 2008. Because if you're looking at the Fed and if you're looking at the Bank of England and any central bank, if you're looking at the European Union to give you an indicator, I was watching and they give none. Bernanke. It was a theory Bernanke had. It wasn't anything proven. It wasn't something that they always did. Bernanke was doing something different from the previous guy. And when Bernanke did what he did, nobody knew it would work. Paulson, the whole world had to have Paulson in that position. Well, whilst they come out of it and they've got all the tools, mainstream media, Congress, government, none of them are going to turn around and say, we failed miserably. Well, if we look back today and ask a couple of simple questions, did the banks get richer while the rest of us paid the price? Did the banks change anything? whilst we all had to change our lives, maybe our jobs, maybe our income expenditure, etc. All that we did for those that did feel the pain, all that those that did lose the house, all those that are still living in their car today that have never recovered. And I'm not on about, you know, minimal wage workers. I'm on about IT people. You know, it's out there. If you, if you look, the stories are out there. There's people that still care enough and are still trying to get the message out. And it ain't apes. You know, this is independent investigators and stuff. I'll go on YouTube or put it out on, on different areas which is available to say to people, look, these people are still living in their cars, you know. If you look back and you ask the questions, what did they change? What did they stop? How did they improve it? You come up with the answer, zero. The only thing they, they really changed from 2008, in my humble opinion, to today is they don't tell us. They haven't highlighted it. They ignore the subject. And that goes to Bernanke, in my opinion, just observational. Bernanke said to everyone after, the reason the market crashed like it did was because everybody panicked. That isn't true. The reason the market panicked is because there was shorting and naked short selling. There was too much of a problem in the market. People were stopping paying their mortgages. Buffett was ruled out on... Um, a PR exercise to say that people shouldn't have got mortgages that didn't have the correct jobs, but we didn't create ninja loans. They created that to delay the process, to get people into these homes and houses, to take whatever savings they had off, knowing at the end of it they still had the properties. So it, it was all a deliberate act. They're all sheep. They all followed. We got lied to. But if you answer, if you ask them a few simple questions, you know what has really changed? Did they? Did they use less leverage? 
did they all do they hold on to more money in the banks? You know, the, the, whatever questions you ask, you come up with the no, they're, they're gambling more, they're more reckless than ever. There's more products of the same thing. Mortgage-backed securities is still a thing. They're still using it. Credit default swaps is still a thing. They're still using it. Crypto's now being used. You know, all these experts come out and say, for 12 years, don't buy Bitcoin. It's $68,000. But they're all buying it. They're all using it. They're all behind it. They're all getting involved in it. Because if it means we all make money, no, 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 don't go near it. It's terrible. It's a Ponzi. But they all go flooding in. It's ridiculous. So, yeah. 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 I thought it was, and this is the thing when I say it's, you know, The Big Short is a great film. Um, it has a little bit of everything as a film, you know, it's got intrigue, it's got great characters, got good acting, good storyline. Obviously, we all know globally around the market crash. Gives you an insight. Um, a far better one. So I said you've got uh, Fold Talking, the Lehman CEO in October on YouTube. Um, we talked about The Big Shot, which is a great film. It's, it's, it's a, a really good first couple of steps into all right, what happened in 2008. But then a better one would be The Inside Job, which Matt Damon narrated. Um, this showed you the impact. I, I'm, yeah, I'm all about heart. I'm all about people. Um, I have got investments that I expect to make a considerable amount of money on. Truthfully, that's not why I'm here. I'm 52. I've never been interested in money. I came up with iTunes six to eight years before it even was a fault, a, a, a thing. So I'm not money motivator. I care passionately about people. I've always watched people, observed people, try to understand people, communities, governments, countries, etc. Um, when you look at 
the inside job, it shows you more about that. It's, you know, there's more heart to it. It shows you, you know, how they what they go in these top experts, banks, and ruin a country. Um, go and watch it, Inside Job. It's a fantastic film, um, but it's more true life. It's got you know these experts that they were wheeling out to talk that were writing papers that you know finance was listening to and acting upon. They were all coming out and saying all these different things, and it was all. They're all sheep. You know, when it goes wrong, they're all scarper and, and you know, there'll be an excuse wheeled out, etc. But uh, that's why we're here, I hope. Yeah. 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 But that's that's a, that's another way that they work the system, because we don't have 50 million people talking about Pringles. So in the UK, um, I have a particular coffee. I'm not a coffee connoisseur by any means, but I particularly like this coffee. So I buy it all the time. I've done for five, six, seven years. It's always been on sale. If I go into our major supermarkets in the UK, so in America, you might have something like Publix. Well, over here, it'll be Tesco's. When I go into Tesco's to buy my coffee, I have always paid for years £2 per 100 gram of coffee. And that's always the reduced price. Now, in the... In, Tesco's, they sell it two ways. Sell it in a jar or they sell it in a packet that you rip the top off and reseal it. But whichever one it is that's on sale is always £2 per 100 grams. Today I bought it, and this has been like that for at least a year now, it's £3.13 per 100 grams. Eggs are 50p each. Gas is still, which is diesel, petrol in the UK, is still 145, 150. Um, wherever I look, everything costs more. And the other thing that I'm also seeing is we talked about uh, Pringles. You get Pringles in there in a tub. They'll take 25% of the product out and put 25% price on. So you've lost 50%. Pound for pound, you're getting 50% less. And it's stuff like this that we all know, but because we're not on mainstream media, because we haven't got 50 million, 100 million, 200 million people being heard, they deny it. They'll, they'll come out with their PR, they'll come out with their, you know, flip the script, they'll come out and twist it. You know, they'll come out and say, oh, inflation's coming down. But the price of Pringles has gone up, eggs has gone up, food's gone up, gas has gone up. Oh, gas price is coming down, but it's still 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 percent over what it was. What are you talking about? We're, we're always the ones that hurt. When inflation goes up, we lose jobs. That's why they put inflation up. Inflation is designed 
Well, one of the things of using inflation is to take jobs away. And that brings inflation down because we stop spending as much. You mentioned a few times uh, the big short. This is when I get real, this is when I, I, I tend to struggle, hold on to my emotion and stuff. In that film, there's a line in it that says about don't dance. It's Brad Pitt and he's talking to the two young uh, lads that also see this, this problem with the mortgages, the housing. And they got out of Vegas and stuff and they've ended up getting a deal. They come out of another way of making money, they're selling it, they're making the money. But he turns around, you know, and he's saying about don't dance. Go and look the scene up. But he turns around, there's a line in it where he says, for every 1% unemployment goes up, 40,000 people take their lives. And no one cares. No one cares. The banks don't care. Griffin, when he came out and said about the teacher's pension recently, I watched what he said in 2008. He don't care. None of them care. The banks don't care. The regulators don't care. The ruling forces don't care. Nobody cares apart from the people. And the same as we're finding that, you know, they're saying it's 6%, 8%, 10%, depending where you live, inflation. But we're living with the reality of 20, 30, 40, 50% higher prices for the things we need to put on the table to heat our homes, to get us to work. You know, go and have a look at the insurances in the UK have gone up 150% on last year. If you've got a van, if you're going to work, if you, you know, you're hard working out there, you're a builder, or you need your van, to insure it now is 150% higher than it was. Now, I always thought insurance was on accidents, claims, and depending on where you live. Not here in the UK anymore, is it? Oh, we put it up 150%. So you paid £100 last year, you're going to pay £250 this year. The mortgage rates, we've got 330,000 people this year in the UK that have got to refinance their mortgages. Now, when they took them out, they might have been 1.2, 1.3%. It's scary what people are facing. My own son had to get a remortgage three weeks ago. He's paying £660 more per month for his mortgage than what he was on the previous mortgage he had. How are we supposed to live? How are we supposed to survive? It's just beyond the joke. And we're not being told as to the reasons why. Yeah. The reasons why is because they're printing money to give to the banks who give it to each other or gamble it in the markets. It's not giving you open a business. There's no money in giving you, there's no real money in giving you money to open a business. And there might be a few out there that go, I've got a loan. Come back and see me in a year, two years. As for the vast majority of us, we're not having access to all this money they're printing. You know, stimulus checks. That's, I've heard that said many a time. If you were given 1400 and you, your outgoings a year is 15,000, but you're paying 50% more. How much was you given? It don't equate. It doesn't cover the cost of eggs, the cost of Pringles. It doesn't cover the increase in your gas. It doesn't cover the increase in your bills to heat your homes or put the food on the table. So the money goes to the banks, and that's the big circle jerk for me. The Fed print it, and then when the Fed print it, they give it to the banks. And then the banks gamble it in the market, and then they put it back in reverse repos or the repo market or the latest one that we listed that we were chatting about. And it's just a circle jerk, a circle jerk. It's just 
How are you, Bleach? Apologies for keeping you waiting. Okay, out good. Apologies as well, keeping you all waiting. I'll shut up. I'm How done, man. Bleach? I'm done. <laughs> It's like, nah, nah, we just came up for, I'm actually talking to my wife about that right now, about the movies, man. I thought that, you know, the, the show actually started a little bit, you know, a little bit later, which was great for me, but like, it was a fantastic movie, man. Like, my daughter right now, she's, she cannot stop talking about it right now. I mean, we come in, and the first thing she says, as soon as they hand her the popcorn, I lied to you now. She was like, hmm, Bobby, the popcorn smells so good. And I'm like, you know, that brings a smile to my face. I'm like, you know, and I'm not the one telling them this, by the way. Right. My other daughter is making sure that they put an extra, you know, butter on it. I'm getting the drinks. They're seeing me there with the cane because I'm using a cane right now only to support myself because of my issue. But um, they're over there, you know, the, the, the employees. Oh, sir, do you need any help taking the, the food to your uh, to your seat? Sir, are you sure? You know, we can just bring, you know, very hospitality, you know, like that's what I'm talking. And I always talk about that in the movie theater that I go to. Very good people. That's why I appreciate them. I make sure that I let them know. I appreciate you guys. I spoke with the manager about letting him know about one of the lights that is actually off. When I pass by, you know, at nighttime, I like seeing the AMC logo bright, you know, bright red. I love seeing that. But this time around, the M is off because I guess one of the lights is off. So I let the manager know. So that way they let the property manager know of the, you know, I guess the establishment to take care of that, you know. So these guys, they're doing a great job. You know, be thankful if you do have an AMC. And I know that you, Wolfie, over there, by the way, hello, sir. I know that you already got the audience there. They they look amazing. I cannot wait one day for me to go to England and go to one of the audience, man. That's that's on my bucket list, to be honest. It, it really is, man. You're welcome anytime, my friend. Chaotic, good evening, afternoon. Hi guys. I'm trying I'm trying something new today. So I'm not on my phone this time. I'm actually on my laptop. So let me know if my audio is too loud or you're hearing interference or anything like that. So we'll see if this works better because my phone can't handle uh, like the battery drain that these live streams do. So <laughs> this is so, I mean, it's either I'm going to have to be tethered to the wall, either like with a phone charger or with a laptop cable. But I think this is going to be a little bit better because then I don't have to at least like hold my phone here the whole time. <laughs> Yeah, my phone started draining crazy after this live stream too, man. I noticed that it just goes like 99, 98, 97, 97. <laughs> I've never seen that before. You can watch it go. I can't hear James at all. I might need to come out and back in. No, I, I was telling James. I, I, you know, James, your audio is a little bit low. I don't understand why. We were trying to figure that out this morning. You know, I know Woofie. I know you've been talking, but Woofie, can you hear him like, you know, nice enough? No, in fairness, I figured because um, you weren't here earlier, but I'm actually sat in my car. Watch the beginning, you'll understand. I don't need to go over it again. Uh, so I can't hear you too well, James. It's quite quiet. Yeah, like you can hear you. You know, your voice is clear, but it's just, you know, like, oh, hi, guys. I'm, you know, right here. <laughs> levels for him. I just thought we had this husky, laid-back, chilled sort of vibe going on, you know. I thought this was his, his theme. <laughs> 
It's a nice level. It's a nice level. Guy Market in the chat, good to see you. It just popped up, so uh, I like to give shout outs. That battery. That is actually, for me. Okay. Well, yeah, it is. It is actually better. Yo, what's the guy? How is the guy? It, yeah. Thank you, guy. Yeah, it is a lot. Yeah. Yeah, guy. There we go. We'll just crank that. We'll crank my microphone and I'll crank the rest of it. So now you guys can hear me, hopefully. Maybe. Oh yeah, much much better, Jane. Much better. There we that's go. That's a little I just... bit. I can hear you. I can hear you in general now. Oh my goodness. No, that's so much better. <laughs> I'm so happy that everybody can hear me now because I was so talking incognito for everything. <laughs> I'm just so quiet as a person. I should probably. No what... I should probably say if I spoke over you at all, Jeff. My sincere apologies. I'm going to use no, the excuse you... I couldn't hear you clearly. Hey, that's all right. Don't worry about it. You'll be able to hear it on the recording, so don't you worry. You'll be able to hear me talk and everything else. The now that we're everybody can hear me. The one thing that I did want to kind of talk about, especially over there, we were talking about inflation, we were talking about how the prices and all that stuff. With your guys's mortgages, your mortgages are basically it's an adjustable rate term, correct? There is varied options available. You can have fixed rate, which generally as a rule is a two-year. That's all they'll offer. Okay. You can get five and ten. Um, and I did see under Boris's time, the first time ever, a 50-year mortgage. Now, I don't know if anyone actually was able to get it, but you can get fixed rate. You can get variable rate. Um, so there is various options, but we don't tend to have which I've, I've obviously grown to understand in the U.S., you can have a 30-year mortgage rate. Um, we don't get that offers over here. I had to actually, with my financial or my mortgage advisor, um, when I purchased the property, the first two years was, was reasonable. Um, but then I went to get a new one, and he was saying, look, I can get you 1.2% uh, for two-year fixed rate. And I was like, no, no. And he was like, it's one point. They're literally giving you it. And I was like, no. I want at least a five-year, maybe a 10, and I'm glad I hung out. Um, I ended up getting a good rate, 1.9% for five years, which gives me another oh, yeah. couple more years at least. Yeah, so I was very fortunate that I was actually involved in the community and obviously observed other things as well to know that. I mean, as soon as the, the COVID went worldwide and we was all locked down, I thought it's got to be a recession. You know, globally, we're going to have a huge recession, something maybe like the Depression, just because of the huge lockdown in every country. And to this day, we haven't had a recession. It's just the craziest thing. But because of things like that, I managed to hold me ground, and um, they come back with a five-year fixed rate. Yeah. That's just, that's just crazy to me. And so it's basically you have a fixed rate period that could be two, five, seven, ten. Uh, generally, as a rule, it's two and five. Every now and again, you can get access to 10-year, but I've never seen, only once in 30-odd years have I seen a 50-year mortgage, but I don't know anybody or he heard anybody, and I was looking, 
actually managed to get there. I don't know if it was just a you know a throwaway thing that was out there, but I'm not a, a mortgage advisor. I don't have access. No, to I, I, no off. I, I was just curious because most of the times, especially with your guys as adjustable rates, and this is going back to last year before I believe April, it was on LIBOR. And then it changed from LIBOR to uh, what ARR, like ARRA something. I, I can't remember, but it's basically because LIBOR did not want to handle the responsibilities of when these things actually blow up, is the main reason. Yeah. So that's what I was so curious about. We have 300... Sorry, cool. No, no, I, that, that was, I was just curious in regards to that because this is a problem that's literally just going to blow up in everybody's face. Whoever has an adjustable rate mortgage, I mean, you, yeah, it's not going to be a good thing. Well, it was only today that somebody said to me, because uh, like I, I said in the beginning, I'm visiting my stepson, uh, my grandchildren, mm -hmm. and they live up near Oxford. Um, and I comment there's a lot of houses being built, um, not hundreds of thousands, but you know, for the area, there's quite a lot of houses being built. And, you know, I was asked, ha, ha, with everything that you've been saying or you believe or you think relating to, you know, house price crash, this, that, and the other, um, mm -hmm. how does that make sense? Um, and it's quite simple. <laughs> yeah. If it costs 100,000 British pounds to make that home, and they're looking to sell it at 400,000, but we had a 50% market crash. They're going to sell it for 200,000. Now, they still take 100,000 profit for every home that they built, but it's not the 400. And the mortgage rates invariably have gone up and will probably go up even further, maybe substantially, where no one's buying, which will aid the price coming down. So there's a bit of a balance. And then they said, well, you know, if it was you, when would you be buying? I said, not right now. If, if, if I forgot a choice, it, it wouldn't be right now. I'd wait because if the house price comes down 50% and the mortgage rate doubles, well, in essence, short period, yes, the mortgage rate will go higher. You're going to feel a bit of a pinch, but you don't have to buy. You can wait until the mortgage rate comes down. But if you do have to buy and the mortgage rate's double what it is today, the house price has come down 50%. It sort of levels off because it might take 15, 20, 30 years to get back to today's market price for that house. But the mortgage rate will come down. So the most important thing of all that is we'll feel the pain. We feel the pinch. We'll have negative equity in a lot of the properties like we did back in, you know, my dad's time when he was paying 17% mortgage rate. We'll yeah. have negative, uh, a lot of people living in negative. But the banks will get richer. You know, the house owners will make their money, just maybe not as much mm -hmm. immediately. And there's a problem over here with enough homes for people. Maybe they'll be putting people in and renting them through councils, whatever, whatever. So That's crazy to me. I mean, it's the investors here that actually... So the way a mortgage works here in the States is you have the mortgage, now you have a bank that bank is going to go ahead and have its own individual investors that own rights to that mortgage and that's how it's broken down so it, by investors that are actually buying these 
packages of mortgages, just like a CDO or a tranche. It's the exact same thing. And so they're basically buying these in huge stacks. Now, when you're buying something in that type of a blanket like that, you're basically getting, you're basically putting yourself in almost the exact same position that we did in 2008 again. And that's when parts of that blanket actually started to fail. Then the whole thing just kept on tumbling and tumbling and tumbling down. And they was no out. None. And it's, it's happening again, but with commercial real estate. From my observations, when I look at all the things I have, uh, markets crash because it's what they do. No, mm -hmm. markets crash because of what they're doing. It's two different worlds. Housing is the same, you know. We, we're a nation of homeowners. Um, under Thatcher's time, uh, Reagan era in the mm -hmm. US, under Thatcher's time, we had the right to buy. So all the council properties were sold to anybody who lived in them and wanted to purchase them. They all got a mortgage. We all become homeowners. That money was then took by the government of the day and not reintroduced to build more homes to replace the ones that they sold for more families that needed them. We were having kids, we were having people coming of age, you know, people leaving school, starting out their journey in life that mm -hmm. wanted to be able to buy a home. Well, they didn't put that money back. So where did that money go? Well, it certainly didn't come back to us. No. The problem with that is the amount we pay prices the amount we pay if we're renting have all substantially increased because we don't have a general, you know, an authentic supply and demand. We have a created supply and demand. And people that bought their homes and lived in them their entire life and retired not around a market crash, they've done extremely well and fair play, you know. I'm not knocking mm -hmm. anybody. But the reality is tens of millions also really paid the price for that and are now in the, you know, it's like can kicking. The money was taken that was generated from selling the houses, the council homes, mm -hmm. and spent. And now we've got no homes to buy. So now we're in a position where people are really struggling to either buy property or get on the property ladder. And we have the same where we have China and Russia and oligarchs. They're buying properties, you know, in all the best areas and they're left empty. Mm -hmm. And The problems, it, it's interesting. The more I've learned about America, it's exactly the same in the UK. It might be term different it mm -hmm. might be under a, a, a different pretense but it seems to me that whatever you're facing in the u.s ultimately for the majority of us in the uk we're facing exactly the same there's no difference well, so it, just like you before but chaotic has to pop out and get my son situated <laughs> he'll be back in a second in the meantime I have something funny to play for you. I want to see if you're going to get a kick out of this. Thank you for having me, of security. Course. Are you having a rough time with the economy I created? Well, Biden Economics and their new product, Inflation Comfort Cream, can help you glide into that tight spot. Make sure you use before looking at charts. Surgeon General Warning. Product may cause large brown spots in undies. Make sure you wipe thoroughly, otherwise I'm going to smell it. Where's my cone? I want to scratch and sniff it. It's funny because it's true. 
If uh, I've been here long enough, you know, maybe sometimes I should talk freely on other areas like politics. I've mentioned a few bits in the past, but um, I do watch the American politics. Um, mm -hmm. Some of it I find absolutely fascinating. Some of it I find next level brilliant. Um, most of it is the same as the UK, red or blue. I don't give a shit about any of us, you know. For me, politics ultimately is a feel better tool for the masses. Because if you look at a hundred years, James, you know, and I mm -hmm. say this respectfully, because, you know, it seems to me at least through listening and observing and talking and engaging, interacting with so many different people across America in different areas and different backgrounds, that people care about their politics, you know. Um, the UK, there's an element of it. And I wouldn't say it's more realism. It's just we sort of sit back, you know. We, it's not like we see the lies and yous don't. But for 100 years, we've had red and blue. We've had Labour and we've had Conservatives. And it doesn't matter to me whether you're Conservative or Labour. The country's got worse. The debt isn't getting better. The, the fairness of our judicial system hasn't improved enough. Um, we don't have enough homes. Education is a struggle. The best schools are oversubscribed. Um, we've got vast communities that are still paying the price because of what Thatcher's government done and others. Mm -hmm. And all of them have been in power. The craziest thing in the UK is we'll vote Labour out to put the Conservatives in, who we voted out before to put Labour in. And we just keep doing it. It's like a two-party setup. It's red and blue. Conservatives, Labour this time, we'll have Conservatives this time, we'll Labour this time. We'll have... it's, it seems to me very similar. Politics, when I look at face level and stuff, seems to be similar. And yes, we have great people that want to do great things, but the swamp's the swamp. Um, mm -hmm. The powers that be, the lobbyists, the control of our governments, the way I see the world at least, um, Nothing gets better. So, you know, to, to Americans, it's not saying this is what I think of your politics, but I'll say from the UK, red or blue don't care about me. They don't care about any of us because it's getting worse. It's more of a struggle. We're working longer. Nothing's really improved, you know. They're, they're draining the NHS. They're, they're draining the areas where we were really strong. We don't do manufacturing no more. The opportunities aren't quite what they were. We moved into IT and everything else. But ultimately, I think a lot of our money comes from offshore banking and finance moving and the financial global web that we certainly don't benefit from as a, as a country. We've got way too many problems in this country that should have been resolved 50 years ago, and we're still facing them. And, you know, every time we have an election, immigration becomes a big issue. And as soon as the election's over, they say, we're going to do this, this, and this, and nothing changes. And then the next cycle comes around, we're going to re-elect our prime minister, etc. and it becomes a big debate, it becomes a big topic, because it keeps you in your camp. You know, Labour will say, we're going to do this, this, and this for immigration, and the Labour goes, yeah, yeah, brilliant, we support that. And the Conservatives will say, we're going to do this, this, and this, and, and it keeps that divide, because we all agree migration is a problem. What we don't tend to do is ask the question, why after 100 years are we still talking about immigration? Why? 
Red and blue have been in power. You've both held power. You've both had government. So why is it still an issue today? Because it suits them. They don't give a shit about the rest of us, the people. They don't uh, care. Know, why is it not? Yeah. If you want to protect a bank, though, in the market crash in 2008, they breathe rules in straight away to stop you shorting it. They'll do that. We've been asking for that for how long? They'll do that. So when it protects them, overnight, changes, 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 changes. As soon as we come up with something, what about uh -huh. us? What about us? Oh, we got this problem, that problem. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Lip service, excuses, lies. They'll inundate us with, oh, it's very complicated. You know, we're trying our best. Well, we're, you know, you've got much more seasoned uh, politicians in the U.S. You know, some of your uh, guys and girls that are still on Congress, etc., affecting let's change. Let's bullshit artists. Pretty much, pretty much, you know, as, as well-meaning as you are, you know, and, and be honest, James, when I don't know which side you sit politically-wise, uh, politically but be mm -hmm. honest, if you're Reed, if, you, if, if you're a Democrat, do you agree with everything the Democrats have ever done? No. I find it hard to believe. I don't even think Biden could say he agrees with everything the Democrats have done. And if you're a Republican, the same question. But forget that, because, you know, you've got 100 years of history saying, has life got better for us, generally speaking? And some yeah. will say, in some areas, this is a bit better, that's a bit better, you know, we've got access to this. But when you look at the, the, the us, the 99% and the 1%, theirs has gone up exponential. They're, they're living their standards, the money, the access, the power, control, tools, getting away from having justice, you know, paying their way off, putting everyone under the cost, controlling everything we hear, we see, we eat. Their life's got better, ours hasn't. You know, they, no. them crumbs that some of us get is enough to put us in our comfort zones. But there's people behind us, too many people behind us, that don't even get a crumb. But them fuckers at the top keep holding on to that cake for dear man, and they're lying to us as to why they deserve the cake. It's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. So it, it, I don't vote red. I don't vote blue. I vote green. Whoever's going to make me money, that's what I care about. That's, <laughs> that's plain and simple. And that's just me being realistic because I, I can tell you right now, it, you have a system that's in place that is built on lies and both sides. They, they, but every politician sucks, in my personal opinion. And... Case in point, and kind of one of the questions I wanted to ask Chaotic, because she's in Texas, is the governor goes ahead and basically says, we're not removing the barbed wire. We're not doing it. And they had until 1 o'clock. I feel yesterday. like Texas so far has set up our border kind of like, it's like they actively sat there and said, how can we make our border most like a Japanese game show? Like, we're going to have floating, spinning barrels with saw blades attached to them, and you're going to have to climb over it. that if you really want to get here. We're going to dig a tunnel and fill it with razor wire on top of another row of razor wire at the surface, and then a wall with razor wire. On Is there like fire coming out <laughs> also that you have to jump like Mario? I feel like it's like Ninja Warrior. Awesome. I love it. So... I just, uh, some of the contraptions that they've tried to use to deter people, um, 
it's just it's getting a little outlandish um but the territory is hard because it's a lot of desert out there you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's very very difficult terrain texas is enormous you could be in the middle of the state of texas and drive 10 hours in like every direction basically and still be in the state of texas so, so it's I used, from, I from where i'm at now it, it's a where, where i'm at now it's an i, I think a, a 19 hour drive to get to the border and we're in dallas wow. yeah okay so i was stationed at fort hood so fort hood is in the middle basically smack dab in the middle of texas so whenever we used to do like on the field training or i we had to go out for training I, it, Listen, it was three hours to get back to post, no matter how you looked at it. And you were Mm -hmm. in the middle of nowhere. You see rattlesnakes, there's scorpions, there's literally, you know, you're worried about getting. It's a desert, man. It's a desert. uh, Middle of nowhere. Absolute middle of nowhere. And it reminds me is how long it took from Fort Hood just to go to Corpus Christi. And that was like nine hour drive of nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Corpus Christi is just like right on the edge over there too. It's like right yeah. as you come across the border on like the coastal side. No, but the the border problem, and this is why politics, like you're discussing, Wolfie, is bullshit. Um, Biden screwed himself in every sense of the word by doing what he did. Because now everything is he does, I it, like I feel like why like does he have advisors? How is he picking like the worst possible option in every scenario? I feel like at some point it's like I, I kind of get the impression that it's weaponized incompetence at this point mm-hmm. because you know, they're ready to let the system crash. They're wanting to reboot everything with the C B D C some places already have started. Um, I've noticed that the places that have like rampant immigration problems are also the countries driving towards the CBDC the hardest. And I, I don't think that's by accident. Um, it's a very that's strong correlation. Yeah, it that's does. Not- see, it does seem like on some levels it's intentional, but like they put Biden in there and he's like falling over and forgetting where he is and needing all kinds of instruction cards to like know how to do his job the right way. Like, did they intentionally put him there? So that all of this could crash around him and they could just say it was because he was just a bumbling idiot with dementia and we didn't know it right away. Like, you know what I mean? I feel like they, they put someone who's like basically medically incompetent in that position so that when everything crashes, it's really easy to be like, we kind of thought, you know, he's their he's their fall guy almost. And in a way, it would kind of make sense because a lot of the decisions that caused this to be so bad the way that it is now came from the way that the last crash was resolved under the Obama administration, you know, um, it, it's not like I, I don't, I'm not red or blue. I mean, some people at this point, I think a lot of people are starting to look conservative at this point, except for a small group of people. Like traditionally what was considered the democratic party has like, um, there's a schism happening within the party. And a lot of those people, they're, they're, they're losing their demographics that traditionally voted for them consistently every election cycle. And they're, those people are leaning more toward, they don't want to vote Republican because those values don't necessarily align with their belief system, but they don't like what the Democratic Party has become. And so we're having a lot of like middle, what I jokingly call like politically homeless people 
where there's a need for a strong third party that can adequately represent like a lot of the people that have drifted towards the middle that don't really have a place. If we could just like organize all of those people, then we might have a real shot at some meaningful change. But like during the Obama administration, I feel like was like if somebody, if anybody had a shot at like correcting some of the wrongs that caused the 2008 crash to happen, it was obviously him. He was there for a full eight years. He was there while the crash happened. He was the, and, and not Obama specifically, because I know that a lot of these decisions are not like, it's not just him making these decisions, but you know, he's the, the, the king of the castle. Like that's part of the job is that you have to take responsibility for what happens under your watch, you know? So, and so when, uh, I have something for you. I remember when Obama you. turned up. Apologies. Do me a favor. Just check your, check your messages real quick. And guy, you can guy and hoax, check your messages as well. This is what they're doing. So, sure, so yeah, so Twitter. he was there for a f- oh, am I? What am I? Am I? Yeah, you you're I want you to check your messages <laughs> on Twitter real quick. What do I do, guys? What do I do? Let me go get my phone. Hold on, hold on. But yeah, so but he was there for a full 8 years. He was there uh at the helm while all of the resolution with the Department of Justice figuring out how the crash happened. Because remember, there was a criminal investigation into this that the Department of Justice was involved in. You can go back and look in 2013 after, you know, it took years for it to finally be resolved. But in 2013, they decided that J.P. Morgan Chase was primarily responsible for causing the 2008 market crash. And then they levied penalties that were not sufficient, as, you know, as they always tend to do. But, um, you know, a lot of the the legislation that was meant to prevent another crash was crafted during the Obama administration and implemented during the Obama administration. And I feel like there, um, there wasn't enough, they were, they were pretty lukewarm on, on the bankers. It compared to places like Iceland who put them all in jail. Uh, you know, we watched, what is it? Uh, the, the big short where it talks about like, like only a couple of people actually went to jail over that. Like Bernie Madoff was, not directly in jail because of the market crash, but obviously like his behavior kind of came to an end around the same time. But, uh, and then the one other guy whose name one. I can never remember because one, and yeah, the one guy Reddit that they talk about, yeah, the, they had the fall guy. They have their fall guy because this is mafia. Remember, it's just like mm-hmm. rewatch Goodfellas and just put Wells Fargo's logo on it. That's basically the same thing, you know, but we're, we're getting to the end because banking employees are starting to unionize um wells fargo being the first but we know it won't be exclusive to wells fargo it's just wells fargo is the worst i would be surprised where there's now unions forming if wells fargo is allowed to survive this crash because they're going to want to control that contagion other banks don't want their employees unionizing and wells fargo's in really really bad shape they're in a whole lot of trouble they're not in just in, in recent trouble they're still underwater from fines and penalties they haven't paid for like identity theft going all the way back to 2016 um, so they just had congressional hearings about the way Wells Fargo operates. I think that's who's going to be on the chopping block first. I think it's going to be Wells Fargo and Bank of America, but primarily Wells Fargo because they want to crush unions. They, I mean, that's the, they want to crush it in the same way that like Starbucks did, you know, the because Starbucks had ha- the same problem for a while there. The problem that you have with Wells Fargo, this is the, their biggest problem. One, they terminated their entire mortgage department. Gone. Just poof. And what they tried to do instead was they tried to go into the bond market and actually be the bond holder for the majority of banks. 
And so we know what was part of that, right? Part of that was their <laughs> they had that big lawsuit, that big class action lawsuit over redlining, where mm -hmm. they found out that like I don't mean to laugh, but Wells Fargo's AI for when it came to like mortgage underwriting was oh, super yeah. racist. And so oh, they got a, sure. they got an enormous like hundreds of millions of dollars worth of fines and penalties worth of trouble for oh, redlining. For sure. So they had to close it down. They had they had no viable way to fix it. And they didn't mm -hmm. so much so that they didn't even want to keep that department open anymore. They they messed up so bad that they just it was better to just shut it all down. So there was the no way to, to salvage that. But what the problem that they did is that they held paperwise the most FHA, the most VA, government backed loans of any bank. Period. They were the number one. So when they were going ahead and getting rid of all that paper, what was left? What was left was forty-six percent of their loan book was commercial mortgages, and that's where they fucked themselves. Because as the commercial market is just completely tanking, and no one's paying their mortgage, and they're downsizing, and now they're just, it's it's cheaper for a company to basically default on their loan than it is to actually pay it. You can't win. They're done. Absolutely done. That's the crazy situation that we're all in through no yeah. change. No real meaningful regulation, no rules being enforced. Uh, the one person that went to prison uh, reportedly was the one guy that hid a few trades in his desk. Uh, mm -hmm. CEOs moved from where they were but stayed in the industry. Um, banks that were bailed out with our money, you know, without our request, were just siphoning off, paying their bonuses still and you know, we 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 as people always pay that price. The debt in 2010, now two years old, right? After obviously, uh, 10 trillion in the United States was the debt. Today, 34 trillion. So it's 24 trillion in 14 years. And you have to ask yourself, well, how how are we in that much debt? Why are we why are we having to sell so many bonds? Why why are we why is it ramping up? You know, we had the history of the United States and 10 trillion. And now when I hear from people in America about the, the standard of living and what's going on, people are starting to question things. People have got more concerns. People are definitely more worried about not where things just are today, but where they're going to be in a year or three years or five years. And it's the same in the UK. We've got vast amounts of money being spent where? It's not our roads are improving, our schools are improving, the education's free or easier to access. It's not being invested in the people. It's being given abroad for wars. It's being spent on, you know, some of these the most scariest things on the planet, and we're not being asked. We're 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 being made to pay for this. Our great great grandkids are now paying for what they did today, yesterday, and going back in history, and it's just. When is it enough for people? You know, we talk eloquently and we talk as educated people, people that have investigated or deep dived on the 2008 market crash. But 80% of it we'll never know. You know, what we get told from my experience in all areas that I've always looked at, what we actually get told is only ever 20% truth, if that.
it's always lip service, always excuses, it's always a cover story, it's always feasible, it's always viable, logical, but it's not the yeah. truth. The truth is, we had lockdown. One example, we had a lockdown in the UK, like everywhere, and we had an issue with PPE equipment for the brave nurses, doctors, hospital cleaners, top to bottom, working in the hospitals, the ambulance, like everybody, where they needed obviously much more PPE. They need to change it, masks every three hours and stuff. Mm -hmm. Our government, the Conservatives, handed out on a, a speedy process. They, If you knew a company, you put the name in, it got speeded through our government, and they were handed out 10, 50, 100 million pound contracts. Now, 80% of them PPE suppliers weren't fit for service. Our nurses couldn't wear them. Our doctors couldn't operate in them. It was it was absolute crap. Well, that was five billion pound of our money, taxpayers' money, that was dealing with a scenario. Now, in hindsight, people have got opinion strong that it was mm -hmm. this, it was that, it was oh, nothing more than the flu. Yeah, and we had hundreds of people, thousands of people, tens of thousands, hundred thousand people dying in our country, and reportedly as COVID. If you step back from that and look how the world set up, it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. The people that were putting their lives on the line that were going into their hospitals didn't know what we think or you think or what we might believe today. All they knew is they were going in. This was a massive global issue. This was scary as hell. And they were going into work to be told that there wasn't PPE equipment because the supplier supplied stuff that wasn't usable. But the rich got richer. That our politicians got their mates these 50, 100, 200 million pound contracts, and it added up to five billion pound of waste. And we still, we were out, you know, our Prime Minister Boris at the time was eight o'clock on a Thursday or a Wednesday, you'd go out, bang the drum, bang your pots and pans on the doorstep, and people were doing it. They've always been heroes in my world. They're always the first to respond when something bad happens, when we're at war. God forbid, like in America, you know, 9-11. You had your firemen, your policemen, your hospital workers, your nurses. You had strangers in the street that see what was going on trying to hurt. More people died afterwards because of the effect, the smoke and all the dust and everything in the air than died on the day. And one was too many. One person dying through that was too many. But you had double the amount died after that particular day when them buildings come down. And the rich got richer. You know, you're hearing stories of people that insured a building twice or, you know, there was things that were in that building that proved this one needed to pay this, that disappeared. You know, masses of gold. How are we living in a world where these questions are never answered, but we know what the latest artist is doing, actress is doing. You know, we know that this one's done. We can't. If you need the Epstein list, I can send it to you. If you need the Epstein list, I can send it to you, Wolfie. <laughs> mm Mm-hmm.
Of course. No. I sent you. I sent you a post that happened. This was la uh, last week or two weeks ago. Um, it was uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. that went on the Heli Ma uh, Howie Mandel show. And the, he was sitting there trying to prove about the vaccine and talking about COVID and how it was just complete and utter bullshit. And I have this video. and. This video is, it's 15 minutes. This doctor, who is one of the head cardiac doctors, like, globally, he talks about, in for 15 minutes, about how poisonous, how dangerous that the new vaccines that they are coming out with are to your heart. And honestly, Wolfie, you should watch that. It's literally 15 minutes, but once you watch it, you are going to absolutely be sick. You know something else, though, Wolfie, to be honest with you? You know, I've been listening, like, of course, you know, I'm like, uh, Jim knows already. I'm a silent assassin. He's a, he's a self-cat. He yeah. is literally a self-cat who just sits there, and he's perched like a gargoyle, and he'll pop out whenever he needs to. Go ahead, yeah, self-cat. you know, because I'm, I'm, no, I'm listening into the whole conversation, because honestly, all of us know that this is, this is what's going on. This has been happening for, for even longer than we've been. I mean, these, these things that these people do, you know, they've been around for centuries. I mean, like, you, you, you know, like, you're talking like centuries now, right? Like, and, but the thing is, I mean, look at what's going on around the world. Look at what's going on in France with the farmers and, and the people getting together because of, like, platforms like this, you know, X, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Then now we're able to pass along the information that you might not have known in the past. You know what I mean? Like, because there are people that are really digging into these things and they're telling you like, hey, something is going on. You know, some of the chaotic said earlier, because this, this is the thing about me. I, I get it. This is my problem. To be honest with you, when I start thinking about something, I go into like this deep thought and, and I start thinking about something. It was very ominous. You know, they, 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 they want to control people and all this. But tell me something chaotic of what you said earlier about the CBDCs and all these things that are going to happen. Right. One day. But Trump was already against this, right? Let's say, we don't know if he's going to win or not. I have no idea. But he already said that he's against it, right? So the thing is, how are they going to be able to control you unless something happens that the current government stays in power? But all this is just hypothetical, right? You know, so what I mean is that I honestly believe that we are living in a, in a, in a cusp in time that we realize what's going to happen. We don't know when it's going to happen, but a lot of people do. Millions of people actually know it's going to happen. And that to me, and I always say this, that is the MOAS. The fact that most people are going to wake up to a lot of things that's been happening to, uh, you know, to us, to the markets, to anything that people are going to know that, wow, we really have been getting robbed all this time. And these tens of millions of people have been yelling from the rooftops and nobody ever listened to them. But now that the system is finally broken and people are suffering because of it, 
they finally can look at somebody and point the finger. It was you guys' fault. All of you guys. It don't matter if it's red, blue, from England, from Africa, from anywhere. All governments, to me, they're all a piece of garbage. All of them are only for themselves. Because honestly, if you think about it, you say to yourself, like, wow. Because I asked Rafiki. I know you know Rafiki very well about how the system's in, the system is in, in England. And he spoke to me about a lot of things, how, how it is over there. And it's very similar. So that's how I know that the, the same people, they run everything. They run the world. And honestly, I couldn't be happy enough to be part of a movement like what we are, all of us, the apes, the retail, retail in general, from every sort of the corners of the markets, you know, that we're finally projecting the same, I want to say not dream, but the same reality that we know. We're projecting it to the world. And one day the world will see it. I, I can guarantee it. Almost like my gut is telling me that it's going to happen, and I am I cannot wait for that day because, as you can see, as I'm saying, look what's happening around the world. A lot of people are waking up to a lot of things, a lot of things that is bothersome, and I I am very happy about that to see that, and it's because of people like you, like James, like Chaotic, and everybody else that be coming out and telling people this is going on. I've been through this already on the dot-com bubble, on the 2008 market crash. I am telling you, these people, they do the same thing. They, you know, they work for the same companies. They just buy each other up. They change the company name, but they keep the same people and the same people that did the same problem. So, you know what I mean? This time around, it's not going to be like that. I, I, I know it because I am a person that educated myself into this because I have people lucky enough like you guys, like you guys, they were able to teach me. In the way it's like, hey, look into this, look into that. And I finally know that's why I'm so calm. You know, I know what to do. I, I, I've been doing everything I can with my family. I've been doing everything I can with people that I know. And I feel good about that. You know, and that's the only thing that we can do as, as the people. The stealth cat, everybody. <clears throat> oh, I mean. I couldn't be happier with Bleach. And Bleach, what, are, what is one thing I always say about history? That it's repeats itself, man. History has a tend to repeat itself, always. Always. Whether it's going to war or whether it's this crap.
That's what I got. Yeah, damn right I will be. I I will just because I really I I witnessed it. I went through it. I the hardest thing for me in two thousand and eight it was basically seeing that the clients that I thought I was helping, and the whole purpose of a mortgage is to basically go ahead and improve your livelihood. If it doesn't have a benefit, you shouldn't write a mortgage. Plain and simple. It has to have a benefit. Now, what I thought was actually going ahead and giving people a benefit actually turned out to be their detriment. And the minute that they started losing their jobs, that's when home equity lines completely just went into the toilet and no one could afford the payments on Nobody can afford the premiums on in any which way, shape, or form. I literally watched a couple come into my office, and it, you know they said it's not your fault, but they were crying because they were literally getting kicked out of their house because they were being foreclosed on. And it, it was hard as hell to have to sit there and explain to them, but I did everything I could to get them into a forbearance. I did everything that I possibly could to try and do a loan modification for them and just to put them in a position where they may be able to survive, it, it, it still didn't work because he ended up losing his job and same with the wife, but it's, I can't, you know, it's hard. And when you're witnessed in that situation, you have to actually deal with it. You're... It only makes you, it gives you thicker skin, but you still have that emotional tie and you'll always remember things like that. And that's why I wanted to, that's why I came on Twitter in the first place. That's why I went on your YouTube, Wolfie, for the first time was basically to explain to everybody 
this is what I'm seeing in the macro micro. This is what I'm seeing based upon these specific areas. This is why this is happening and explain it to everybody because nobody did in 2008. You weren't warned. And by being warned, at least you can prepare. That's what I believe. Mm-hmm. 
Zero. Zero. Mm -hmm. Well, you know why? You know why, Wolfie? You know why? You know we're we're still like this? It's because of regulations, man. We need to stop. You know, Suray always says, and I couldn't agree with that more. There should not be no more regulations. It should be laws. Laws. You do this, you get punished this way. Yeah, that is that is it. Because regulations, they you know they, these guys, you know, even though we don't like saying it, they are criminals, right? And they're smart, so they find loopholes on loopholes on loopholes. So that's why they shouldn't. We should not be talking about regulation anymore. It should be laws. Straight up from now on, laws have to be put in place. If you commit insurance fraud, you go to prison for five years to twenty years. If you commit, you know, stock shorting, you know, if you do naked shorting and you're taking people's pension funds and all this stuff, you go to prison for fifty to hundred. It should just be like that, plain black and white, no regulations.
I couldn't agree more. I really couldn't. And my philosophy in all this is if I can change one person's life every single day, I know I'm doing my job the right way. So I was saying that I've always had, and I truly believe it, because making a difference in somebody, even the strangest of people, you don't have any idea who they are. Nothing. But even just a simple hello can bring a smile. And that was something Patch Adams said. And they're trying to go after him, too. Yeah. Oh, it is. Well, I will tell you, it, this show was for you, my friend. That that was my whole premise on this was you gave me a platform when I wanted to talk. And you know what? I wanted to give you yours. I thought it was fair. That was the, that was the whole purpose. So, you're very welcome. I will, I will say that it is time for you to go and hang out with your grandchildren and everything else. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to leave. We're going to end the space on some good music. Fly me to the moon.
Well, V, thank you for coming by. You go have fun with your grandchildren and enjoy your vacation, and I will talk to you shortly. I definitely will. Thank you, Wolfie. Enjoy your time. Yep. And then all the apes, I love you all. We'll see you again soon.